all stories begin somewhere. Welcome to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Today I am joined by AJ. How's Hello. it going, AJ? Things are going well. Good. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself or who you're playing? I am playing Mir today. Mir is a, uh, he's a shard. Go onto your Wikipedia and look up what that species is. It's uh, inorganic. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm playing Mir. We kind of came upon him because we were talking on Discord about mm-hmm. next time we want to play a droid, we would want to have it have a secret. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And at me being an enabler uh, had to, you know, help you out with that, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I've loved, you know, the concept that we, we kind of came up to with together on this. And Mir is not really new. You've, you've played with this character before sometime in the future. Yeah. Post Empire. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we have a little play by post on the side and I've yeah, so we've played, and he goes by a different name later. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of talked about how that that play-by-post unintentionally became the sort of pregame for this season two. So a lot of the factors from that are are finding themselves in season two of Coruscant Nights, which is just amazing, which I yeah. just love. Cool. Uh, well, we have to start this off the right way. You want to roll your force die to see uh, what our destiny pool looks like. Do I get one per force die or one per me? Just one. One per per human. Ooh, one black pip. Alright, and I got one light. Balance. So we're starting out with a black and a light. Um, and you have a friend named Greg, right? I do. Uh, good old Muto man. Mm-hmm. Greg uh, donated for Destiny. Oh, Greg, you're such a great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only did he donate for Destiny, but he really donated for destiny yeah he did so what we're going to end up doing is we're going to put four more tokens in our pool Dang. and they're all going to be dark oh thanks greg <laughs> oh that's uh, okay i'll use them and then you can have some light side points yeah i, I if i could take a moment i just want to talk uh-huh. about how amazing greg is not to puff him up or to take away from his donation, but Greg has been a great father figure to me and to uh, many other young men when I was younger, uh, growing up, taking men into young men into his home, raising them to be men, showing them what, what a loving uh, marriage relationship looks like, teaching them how to fish and hunt and respect and just what it means to have a father period. And he's able to do that through his work now. Uh, Muto man, I love you. You're you're amazing, and you know we're all very thankful for having you in our lives. That's great. His message to read on the show was more of a thanks to me for doing donate for destiny, but I want to extend that thanks to everybody who's participated so far, and all the different shows participating. In particular, Dicey Cantina, who's doing fantastic with with getting donations. So thanks to everybody. Yeah, thanks guys. Oh, and I think. Currently, as of this recording, we're winning, though it's not a competition, <laughs> yeah. but but it is a competition. But it though. is a competition. Everything is. Thanks for helping us win, Greg. Mm-hmm. All right. So where do we find Mir? I think we're going to meet him 
on a hill, on a mountaintop, on a kind of a wrecked planet known as Danthamir. With the wind blowing and uh, with rocks being sculpted and stacked. So Dathomir is this sort of dark planet. It's It's got red atmosphere and red oceans. And so the place that uh, Mir finds himself is sort of dark. And there, there are a few dark dead trees sprouting up around the hillside. What is he? What is he doing? He's he's sculpting. What uh, is he making things? Yeah, he is. He's manipulating, uh, like the iron in the rocks and the rusty rocks. He's, I think he's building himself his own little colony, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think he's up top there. He's uh, away from everybody, and yet he wishes that he had people with him. And so I think he's bringing rocks up and uh, shaping them into faces, into different visages and stuff like that. And what does Mir look like? Mir is a crystal. He is a, I think he's a green, no, he's a maroon. He's a deep Mm -hmm. maroon uh, crystal. Uh, He's got uh, like uh, green lines running through him and uh, a little bit of mist forms out of him every once in a while. I, I think that he's uh, seen and interacted with some of the local uh, bipeds, you know, mm-hmm. inhabitants of the world, and so I think he sees them as having a certain bit of, well, the in, the organics that they are, they have a mobility that he doesn't have, and so I think he longs for something new. Uh, there's yeah. a curiosity, there's an obsession there that he wants to be more than he is. Okay, so we see. Mirror this, maybe what about a six inches, nine inches tall? Yeah, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Crystal on the the hillside, and and stones are just sort of moving themselves around this this stone. Let's have the first check of the game be a vigilance check. A vigilance check versus average two purples. All right, we got two greens, two purples. Ooh, survey says. One advantage. One advantage. That's, uh, yeah. So he does not hear the person approaching. But we as the audience, we hear uh, footsteps crunching on the, the gravel of this mountainside. And we see a, a pair of boots. And the camera pans up to show us a man, probably uh, in his early 40s, walking up this hill towards Mirror. And we see he's, he's got his eyes closed. He stops for a second. And he opens them and, and looks looks around, and he looks at Mir, and uh, starts approaching the shard, and he says, "What's his voice?" Do you got a, a jolly old man? You know, like a uh, or who? Remember the guy off uh, MythBusters, the one with the mustache? Yeah. Would you know? I was thinking this guy had, would have one of those, not necessarily the southern, yeah. but uh, might be might be just a little little southern. Uh, and there maybe he's you know what he's from southern Coruscant. he's from, from Baba actually and and we know that uh, people native to Baba sometimes have southern accents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he says hello there hello hi you snuck up on me hello wow I haven't seen someone like you before well to be honest I have this is something do you mind if I sit down with you for a minute sit talk 
Verse, let's go. He walks up and um, sits cross-legged across from Mir. D- does he sit on a rock? I think he sits right on the ground. Okay, cool. Yeah. What are you What are you doing here? I am building. I'm sculpting. Friends. That's interesting. That's interesting. Would you like to see more? See? More build? Please, yeah. Show, show me what you can do. Hmm. Do you... Do I... You want me to roll some force die to see... Yeah, I like think I that could be off? Yeah. All right. Force rating two, is that right? That is right. I have two light side, one dark side. Okay. Wow, that's able to power quite a bit of move. It is. I think what he will do is... I think he'll create or, or pull up a bunch of rocks that are in the shape of this guy <laughs> sitting next to him. Uh, yeah, so you pull these rocks up out of the ground and little stones fall to the ground and clatter down the hill, but what remains is the, the shape of this man. Do you make it sort of feign walking? Yes, absolutely. He He would... Yeah, he has enough force there that he would have it almost like a dust cloud of him walking up and sitting down. I think it's also what Mir thinks is walking, so it's a little bit awkward. Oh, totally. Um, he, he doesn't do it himself. Yeah. He, it, it would be this janky, uh, yeah, totally, like w- way over steps and dipping and clattering and stuff like that. And uh, the, this man just sort of chuckles. <laughs> Uh, that's that's pretty impressive there. Thank you. Impressive. Happy brother. Do you, do you have uh, brothers, sisters? Uh, don't see too many of your kind outside their clusters. He turns a little bit greener, uh, almost like a little extra sparks come out when he starts talking about others of his sort. And he lets out a little bit of a uh, with a little bit of fear and and um, almost rebellion mm-hmm. uh, of yes brother ancient castaway mean rebellion well are you looking to join up you see I, I found you I, I I don't I don't find many people uh, you understand well but uh, I I can I can get you off this rock if you want and Maybe uh, teach you to walk. Maybe a little bit better than that. Uh, yes, yes, that, yes. That thing you just showed me. Now go, please. Uh, read up. Yeah. Do you, do you do you mind if I any sort of reaches towards Mir? Do you, do you mind if I pick you up? He stops for a second, and he will. He'll he'll lift himself up via the force, mm-hmm. or or like a like a geode would come out from underneath him. Uh, yeah, like, so he sort of puts himself on, on a basically a, pl- a floating platform. Yeah, like a magneto, yeah. like magneto would do. Yeah, uh, and he. Oh, that's a that's a neat trick. I haven't seen haven't seen that one before. He sort of reaches reaches back. Mobility, movement. Let's go. Follow me, and the he starts walking down this the side of this hill, uh, into the mists and forests. Yeah, I like that. Let's jump ahead. 
we see this man who you now know as Farvo in the cockpit of um, his vessel. Um, what kind of ship do you think he would have? I imagine since he's kind of an older guy that he's got this uh, uh, knack for like old hot rods and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking it'd be one of those older ships. I imagine if he would be a modern day guy that would have a uh, have one of the classic, you know, big Impalas and, or something like that that would be mm-hmm. done up. So I can imagine it's a, a much older ship. So if bigger, he's into hot rods, it's yeah. probably Carillion. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we all know that older Carillions had a little more sleekness to them, mm-hmm. you know. And he has not told Mir very much about himself, but he has told him that he has to uh, pick up one more person and then their their crew will be complete. What is Mir looking like? We've maybe, it, it's probably been a week since the two met on the mountainside. Mir would be, I imagine right off the top, he would work on fusing himself with some technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see him, I could see him floating around with like a one of the re- hover remotes, like mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker had, and you know maybe on one of those, and maybe he's working on himself uh, a way to walk, a chassis of sorts. Okay, so in the cockpit of this ship, we see. Farvo as the blue light of hyperspace sort of uh, shines on his face. He's flicking some toggles and turning some dials and you're pretty close to your destination. Further back in the ship, Mir is back there um, tinkering with a chassis. So he's sort of floating around and he's stationed and mobile wires and nuts and bolts are being bent and moved and assembled and fused into uh, certain parts of his body. Mm-hmm. Pieces and parts are moving around and and uh, wires are connecting into other places. Yeah, as if he has control of it through mm-hmm. the force. Farva's got a nice array of tools that it, it's the sort of the san- standard stuff for uh, fixing a ship but Mir has a thing for, for tools. They... Yeah, he does. He, uh, if there's a tool that he wants, I think he's one of those guys that would modify a tool to make mm-hmm. it fit the way he wants. I imagine Farvo and him would work on the big ship together You know, start discussing mm-hmm. how to fine-tune things. I think that's part of why Mir is good at uh, fixing vehicles and starships and stuff like that. And you hear Farvo over the, the comms. We've got about a minute before we're, we're going to come out of hyperspace. I uh, just wanted to prepare you. We're going to be coming down pretty soon. This planet's it's pretty friendly. We're, we're far enough away from that whole uh, mess on Naboo that the, uh, the Trade Federation's uh, not going to bother us here. Now, we've got a little bit of a journey ahead of us. I don't know if you need to do anything to prepare for that, but you got about a you got about an hour before we need to head out. Oh, okay, uh, uh, firm, cop, cop, copy, correct? Copy? Is that the right copy, terminology? Copy works. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, copy. Mere copies. I th- figure by now he's got a voice mm-hmm. modulator um, of some sort. But one thing he loves is. 
uh, or, or is fascinated by is hyperspace. There's mm-hmm. something magical about being out in hyperspace. Uh, so I imagine that transition, as we all love it, uh, in, in all Star Wars, is he loves watching the transition between hyperspace and back to regular space. And so I imagine he would be at a, a view or a window or if he had to make his way up to the cockpit, he would uh, join him. Yeah, he'd probably either want to zip up to the cockpit or up to one of the um, the turrets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The turret. What's a good Corellian uh, Corellian ship without a couple turrets? Oh yeah, it's got to have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he would zip up. I, I imagine he's closer to a turret than he would be up. Well, it's Corellian, so they're very uniform. Anyhow, we'll go up to a turret for sure. Yeah. And so this would be his first time in hyperspace too. Oh yeah. This is all, everything is a new experience right now for Mir. And the blue streaks sort of solidify and um, shrink down to streaks of white lines, which then solidify and shrink down to the dots of stars as this uh, freighter leaves hyperspace. And so he's got this his previous experience with the with the stars was just looking up to the night sky and now it's it's all around and in addition to the stars there is a sort of green and gold and blue planet uh, just just far enough away that it's going to take a little bit to get there but this would be his second planet he's ever seen from space oh man I, I, he playing Rex uh, Mir for so long he is not one to not talk uh, <laughs> that's true so I could just you know he he will be on the comms but there would be this he would just say emotions I figure right now he's in that transition between his mm-hmm. shardness and communicating the way everybody else does yeah um, a shard communicates emotion and thought when they do their sparks and, and to each other so I imagine it's like a wow wonder captain it, it, is it always this amazing is it always this stunning this beautiful it's what planet is this is this full of life is it going to be like my planet is it going to be like scary is it going to be full of uh uh brain cores and and witches and and thorns that, that that's a lot of questions there kid first one it is always uh always magical there's there's thousands of planets, millions of planets in this galaxy, and each one is its own uh, own special gem in the sky. Uh, this one, uh, I don't know if you can feel that, but it is full, full of life. Wow. It's pretty different than where you come from, though. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he, he, I think he would have been like, he was so focused on at this task at hand of building stuff, he forgot to look forward and see what beheld him. So he's this—he's kind of rambunctious like that, or uh, like he has powers, but he doesn't—he gets obsessed yeah. with certain stuff, so he forgets. Like, oh, I, I should have meditated there and and seen, what, you know, maybe saw what the future is. But at this point, he's like, I want out. Yeah. Do you think Farvo hasn't told you too much about himself? But he may have talked about the Force which may have been Mir's first experience hearing the word the force and sort of equating that with the things that he can do 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a contrast, I think, between how he views it and how Mir was brought up using it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're on Danthamir. They're very much, well, it's got a special something in, the, in its core, but at the same time, the witches almost seem to take the fort. Mm-hmm. And it's and I, if I remember right, Danthamir is more seeped in the dark side of the force than other places. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that with, especially with him with and Danthamir wanting, because it's full of ruins. Mm-hmm. And, and so at one point, I think in his mind, it would be there was a creator creating these things. Why are we just taking all the time? Why aren't we creating anything other than, than other than power structures against each other? Mm-hmm. So I think there's that part of wanting to be a creator, wanting to help and build stuff, not just take. And I think that's, I think that could be why he's such a, you know, why he's a little bit rebellious compared to other people in his cluster. So. Uh... Farvo notices that Mir has been quiet for a couple seconds, probably off in his own thoughts. The, this planet's uh, it's called Dantooine. It, there's, it's it's a lot more alive than than the place that you came from. We're we're gonna see lots of uh, grasses and, and animals, and not all those animals eat people. Oh, thank goodness! And uh, the the people here are a little bit more uh, more varied. You you might experience some. Uh, some people that you consider look to look a little bit odd. Just, just don't say anything about it. Like, like horns. I, I've seen people with horns. Horns, head tails, respirators. People that are uh, partially droid. There, there. There's just going to be quite a few different kinds of people here, and and uh, I wouldn't want you embarrassing yourself or me for that matter. I, I, I will do my best to fit in with everybody. Don't want us to stand out any farther than we already will. And uh, if you've got that that covering uh, worked out, oh, you, yeah. for for the same reasons, you you might want to cover your crystal self. People might not understand. But I went through the sonic cleaner. I'm shiny. I I finally have that film off from the rancor that I got digested through. I feel like a, a, a whole new crystal. See, I, I, I understand that, but I'm not sure everybody else will. And well, I, I don't know if they're uh, ready to see the real mirror yet. Well, I feel like I, I am like a brand new swoop, but if you feel that I should cover up, I suppose I will. I would have paid more attention to and ran my covering through the sonic cleaner and maybe put a new paint job like the, the swoop over there that you have done, the red one which is really nice. It looks like it goes extra, extra fast. Once, once we're out of the city, you can, uh, you can uncover again. I don't, I don't know how things are for you, but the, uh, the fresh air, uh, the, these cool breezes here, will be nice. Uh, are, are, are there mountains? There are, and that's actually where we're headed. Oh, good. I love the mountains. As the two of you talk, the planet looms larger and larger in the viewport you're looking through. And Farvo takes the ship in into the atmosphere. As it gets closer to the ground, you see fields and plains full of tall grass 
and he brings it low and there are animals here and they're just sort of grazing and eating the grass and not eating each other which is a unique experience so strange (laughs) and he ends up piloting the ship towards a large cluster of buildings it's a city it's sort of it looks like it's almost built on a hill the the buildings in the center of it are taller and it sort of goes in tiers towards the um, the outer buildings and Farvo calls back this here is the city of Benir it's, it's a it's a big trading hub here on Dantooine uh, we're gonna we're gonna take that swoop out for a ride oh that's gonna be great that way you can teach me how to drive it I'd really like to drive I bet I could, yeah, drive, sure. I bet I could drive fast sure uh, I bet you could too he brings the ship into the spaceport uh, as it lands, you, you can see the arches uh, al- along the outside of this ring that you're landing in. And you feel the light bump as its landing gear hits the earth. And Farvo comes back. You yeah. about ready to go? Yeah. Uh, is it always supposed to be that bumpy when we come in? That was that was a perfect landing. It wasn't bumpy at all. Oh, okay. Then, wait. So, okay, Sure. I, if that's a perfect landing, I'll, okay, that's that's good to know. I don't know. Uh, you know, this being my first time out, I think that was uh, yeah, no, that was a great landing. We landed. That must be perfect because we're still alive. We, we did just, I did just fine. He goes off and grabs his his jacket. Uh, I just got to pay some fees and and uh, and we can be on our way. You have to pay them fees. I'm using their uh, their space for my ship. Well, so yeah. your ship's bigger than their space. Why don't you just tell them? That this is where you're parking, and if you See, don't let them, you're gonna stick your raincore on them. Doesn't doesn't quite work like that out here, uh, and really most of the galaxy. Oh, uh, you you've got to you've, you've you've got to work with pe- the people, not against the people. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see if it makes sense. How do how do you determine something's worth by how strong and how powerful they are? Not necessarily. Uh, everything's got value. It's 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 hard to tell uh, what something's truly worth, but I don't know. People name their own prices. I don't expect to have to pay very much to park here. Is this not a good spot then? Is there a better spot that we would pay more for something more better? You know, it, it's a, we're talking about worth again. Uh huh. And uh, this planet, Dantooine, it's got tons of worth. It's it's a it's a beautiful place. Just wait until we get out there, but. It's it's we're in the middle of nowhere as far as galaxy. If we went to say Coruscant, things would be a little bit more expensive, just because uh, people want to go there. People people go there to to do things, all sorts of things, really. Huh? But there's tons of things here. Things aren't eating us. That's true. The sun's not too hot. I think my my reg it's not registering as scorching. Okay. As the two of you are talking, he's uh, packing up some supplies on the back of that that swoop that you mentioned earlier and he opens the ramp uh, down into the landing bay. He walks over to a tap and uh, fills this shiny metal canteen and says to Tamir everything has its value turns out this stuff's worth a lot more than a lot of other things so I I think I'm not going to have to pay too much here. Oh. Someday I'll teach you how to make it. Ooh. I like that idea. We'll discuss this more. I will log it into my log 
I'm learning how to do logs now. Uh, I have a whole list in here of things that I want to look at and see and do and feel. I'm working on feeling textures and stuff like that. Well, that's great. This stuff, and he um, twists a cap on the canteen, named it after my, my first Tuca. Call it Sparky Juice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sparky Juice. I really like the sound of that. I will learn how to make it. I will learn how to make it as well as you. Let's see if it's as valuable as you think it is. I hope so, because it has a really nice name. <laughs> he walks down the ramp, and you see him uh, speaking with somebody a little bit shorter than he is and hair a lot hairier. You've gotten used to Farvo wearing what he calls clothes. This person has no clothes. Um, they've got sort of grayish bluish fur. They're holding a piece of equipment and you see the two of them shake hands and Farvo gives them the, the canteen and calls up the ramp. All right, come on, let's get a move on. I, I, I think here I, I would like him to have like a, a little internal log with the clicking sounds like questions to ask later why do some creatures wear fur and other creatures wear clothes is one naked and the other one not does fur make clothes or does that mean he's naked questions so many questions clothes what are clothes why and I can see him sending a, a, a data thing over to Farvo uh-huh. eventually once he gets that up and running with all his questions oh yeah my daily question log let's do a little screen wipe as uh as amir is coming up with his questions and we we hear his internal monologue we see faro and this blue hairy person shaking hands and there's a screen wipe and then we see farvo on his you said it was red yeah his shiny red swoop Zooming through the tall grasses of Dantooine. Uh, where is uh, where is Mir on the swoop? As they're going super fast. Oh. Um, I don't think Mir's repulsors at this point could could follow. Is he like tucked into a side pocket, or is he just sort of on the seat behind him? I want to, yeah. I, or I want to be. I was thinking like dangly dice off off the old. <laughs> You know, like he's got himself like a, a little hook that he has up on, on the on the windshield. Okay. And, or maybe a suction cup, you know, stuck there. And so he's uh-huh. he's kind of floating and wow kind of deal, you know. It's, uh, you know, like Luke on Tatooine on the land speeder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one of those 10 second shots. We just oh, see yeah. the swoop moving across the screen and we hear Mir going, whoa. I love it. Yeah. And then there's another screen wipe. And the two of them are in the mountains. Uh, note to self. Must replace suction cup with better adhesive. I imagine him flying off and having to swoop back and pick him up. And Yeah. Yeah, Mir's got a new dent. I'll buff that out later. <laughs> so they have, they've parked the swoop. It's pretty mountainous here. Big rocks and some pretty tall trees. And um, the two of you find yourself trekking through a piney forest on the side of this mountain. Farvo says, Now I haven't told you too much about myself. Um, you, you've kind of... I, I know I know a good bit about you now and, and where you where you come from. And But... Uh, so he sort of closes his eyes and puts his hand out ahead of him and closes it and he points a finger ahead, ahead of where you're walking. 
Now you can do something that I can't. You can, you can move the as I, when I found you, you're moving those rocks and 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 you made that uh, that version of me. Um, you've you've got a you've got a strong connection to the force. I've got a little connection to the force myself. A uh, per- person like me, they call me a finder. You can move things around with the force. I can feel strong objects, things that are connected to the force in ways that uh, that people usually aren't connected to the force. Now you, you you're an interesting because uh, you're a person, but you, you're not organic like like myself. You you access the force in a different in a different fashion than a lot of the people that I've met, and the force guided me to you. Now it guided me to another individual like you at one point in time. Oh. And that's where we're going. You mean more like like more like me? Like like shard? Like rock? Like Yeah. We're we're going to meet another shard. Do do I do I look presentable? What are they what are they like? What what are their aspects? What are are what are their powers? Do they have powers? Are they like you? Are they like me? Are they Well, to be honest, the first time I interacted with them, uh, they uh, threw a large rock at me. Oh, I, I, I won't let that happen. Thank, I thank you for that. Do I? Uh, I, I, I was hoping. I'll. Uh, he, uh, he starts wanting to start lifting up a tree. No, you, um, no, your brother, brother, you know, uh, I'll, I'll protect you. No, it, nobody, no, nobody hurts, hurts, hurts brothers. I'll go rancor on them. No need for that. Uh, I just, you know, if I, I thought that uh, if I brought you, maybe the two of you would uh, would get along. I could tell. Uh, I mean, I, I can't I can't quite get emotions like the like some of those Jedi Knights can. But I could tell that he was lonely. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought if I brought you along, maybe uh, you'd want to come with us. I know loneliness. I know. Yes, let's let's go see if he will be a brother. The two of you continue walking. Well, I mean, he continues walking. Yeah. You yeah. continue floating. You move along at a reasonable pace. He's he's fit. He's uh, can you you know what we haven't really described him. You want to tell me what he looks like? You had sort of an idea for him. I I know. I think I made him a little bit younger than yeah uh, no, that, than what you were yeah. thinking. Yeah. So I was thinking he. You know, I think he's a shorter guy, maybe five, six ish. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's got, uh, I, you know, big old, nice big mustache, dimples, bald, uh, super nice guy. I think he, when I, when, when we were, when we were discussing him, I was thinking of, uh, uh, a relative dad who I just, I just love this guy. And he is always working with his hands. So he's got, you know, a worker's hands and he's always ready to do something and always ready to teach, uh, always ready to eat, you know, uh, my type of guy, you know, uh, but he's always, always has a smile, especially when he's dealing with, uh, his grandkids. And so I see Farvo as just this loving guy who just wants to bring people together and teach them and love on them. So that's great. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty clear that he thought that this individual, this shard who was alone, needed some help and apparently cared enough to traverse the galaxy twice to help him. The two of you continue along through this forest on the side of a mountain and 
you move up past the tree line and he leads you towards a it looks like a path do you want to so you've had a week of access to technology <laughs> and access to the the galaxy beyond dathomir do you want to roll something totally. maybe a knowledge check I know all your knowledges are the, the same, so it can just be a general knowledge check. Yeah, I'll roll a general knowledge check. Uh, versus? I've got all these dark side points. <laughs> yes, you do. I do. So I'm flipping a dark side point to yep. make it a purple and a red. All right. Oh, wow. I, I didn't think I would ask for a setback dice, but can <laughs> I get a setback and a boost for overload of knowledge? Like Yeah. Just plugging in and just just going for it. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so I got a three green, blue and a black, and a red and a purple. Yep. All right, that's that, and that's a that. So let's see. Green dice has two. So that's one advantage, three advantage. Or the advantages wash out. They are, your red dice had two disadvantage, two, two threats. Yeah. So they wash out, and I'm left with one success. One success. I know. You're walking along this path, and you see ancient stairs going off in different directions, and some statues of figures in robes, and they look like Jedi. You encountered Jedi on your your various searches, probably because Farvo mentioned the Force, and you mm. looked into the Force pretty heavily. But they look like statues of ancient Jedi with lightsabers. Yeah. Ooh. Are are, are these like the the Jedi, the Jedi, the Hedy, the Jedi? Uh, yeah, you said Jedi. Are Jedi. These like, yeah. are they stone people? No, they're not stone people. Nope. The the Jedi are. Uh, are are not generally stone people. Most of them are are organic. So, uh, oh, so these are statues. Okay, these are just statues. These are just stat. These are just statues. Yep. Are we going to go meet some Jedi? Nope, nope. The Jedi haven't been here in a long time. They used to be in uh, an enclave in this area, uh, sort of a, an ancient temple where oh. they used to come and gather. But uh, this planet. More people have forgotten about this planet than uh, than know about it these days. Oh, ancient temple! I'll 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 protect you. Don't worry. Are, are there are there ancient spirits here that will yell at you and and uh, and throw things at you here too? Uh, no. Have you run into ancient spirits before? There aren't. There are no creatures that are going to eat you here. Probably not. This but place is. Uh, but it's an ancient. Quiet. But it's an ancient tomb. They're, usually they're are guardians and usually there are like scary things in there i i've approached a couple of them and 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 ran away rolled away it was i was more rolling than than flying away i haven't encountered anything like that here just the just the shard he threw a giant rock at me and we should be coming up on him pretty soon oh so at least uh, last time i saw him he was around here oh so there is a guardian okay he would with that he would be the guardian if you say so Oh, did you did you bring like homage, uh, like an offering? Wait, uh, am I the offering? Oh, I'm not the offering. To am I? Extent, um, you're. I'm hoping you're gonna help me uh, with him, but 
uh, wasn't planning on sacrificing you if that's what you're thinking. Oh, oh, oh good. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with this. Uh, yeah, we're okay. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Yeah, we can do this. As the two of you move along, you spot a, a large open space in the side of this mountain. It has some statues flanking it on either side. And yeah, it's it's just large and open and looks neglected. There are plants growing up. It looks like some of the places that the Knight brothers and sisters occupied. The stones are shaped and formed by hands and by tools and uh, weeds are growing up between the, the stones on the ground right now. And Fargo says he's uh, he's just through here. You ready? Oh, absolutely. They really should take out those weeds before they get in the rocks and crack them. They're going to grow into really big thorns and start breaking and being abrasive. That's true. Too bad nobody comes here anymore. But it has such a view. It does. And the two of you turn around and you can see the the wide plains below you. And you can see some hairy animals in the distance grazing on them. And, and even further in the distance, that tiered city that you landed in. I could live here. This this is a nice spot. And the two of you turn back around and head into this ancient space. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is a production of Nightcast Creative. To find out more about us and the things we make, visit nightcastcreative.com. Thanks to AJ for playing on these episodes. You can find AJ's art on Instagram at AJ underscore Kimball, and you can hear more of him on the current season of The Other Place. Don't forget that you can affect the fate of our players on Coruscant Nights with Donate for Destiny. Donations go to Child's Play Charity, which provides toys and games for kids in hospitals and shelters. Find out more at nightcastcreative.com destiny. Now stay tuned for a preview from one of our new friends in the Star Wars podcast community. Tales from the Rusty Speeder. Tales from the Rusty Speeder. This is an interactive Star Wars actual play podcast using the Edge of the Empire rules from Fantasy Flight Games. Join our misfit crew of scoundrels, ne'er-do-wells, rascals, miscreants, lowlifes, good-for-nothing reprobates as they find love, purpose, and the courage to carry on. I'm joking, none of that happens. Instead, they use their questionable contacts and unconventional methods to get the job done, whatever job happens to be paying today. Tales from the Rusty Speeder, available wherever you get your podcast and streamed live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash technofunkboy.